is I wanted Michigan to win, but I knew they were going to lose. So I bet against my boss. And now she has to bring a gallon of chocolate milk for my whole team at work. And she is super against chocolate milk. She thinks we're grown men and shouldn't drink chocolate milk. But now she lost, so she has Why to Why is your department drinking chocolate milk? Those are all man children. So wait, you bet your boss. Oh yeah. If I lost, I had to go buy her Starbucks, like a fancy Starbucks coffee, because I hate Starbucks. And I was and she's like, and if she lost, I was like, you need to go buy a gallon of chocolate milk for our team. So she has to pour us all glasses of chocolate milk. For, for losing and I am this is what you do at your work oh yeah when you talk numbers all day it's only fair to make some stupid you, you bet, like bet that. on college sports my my entire department loves college football okay and statistically I thought Ohio State was gonna win guess what they won but you wanted Michigan to win oh yeah so does that offset the good with the bad or what yeah making your boss serve you chocolate milk when she hates chocolate milk is going to be satisfying you're a weird bunch of kids man Welcome to the Cop Trolls Podcast with your hosts, Dave and Das Bruce. How you doing, man? Not too bad. How are yourself? Pretty good, dude. Uh, so what? We're several weeks behind. Apologies to all of the wonderful listeners. Are you apologizing for being on vacation? I kind of feel like I have to because no. I don't really vacation. Well, that's exactly the awkward. point. You were able to leave, get a breather. Hopefully something nice. stupid happened to you and be funny. I mean, let's hear it. How was vacation? Uh, really good. Went to Las Vegas. Actually, went on a proper vacation for once, and actually just enjoyed myself. I, I think I understand. Like, I didn't work at all during vacation. That was the weirdest thing. Like, it was a find stuff to enjoy or things that you want to do. So, like, I got to like go to like the top of this giant building and everything downtown Las Vegas and everything. Like, oversee everything. It's like you're just like in a crater. Like the city is just in a crater. It's amazing. Looking around, got to go climb, uh, climb an area, go try to find a waterfall and everything. Climb Mary Jane Falls. That was really cool. So two questions. One, yes. did you go to the Pawn Star store? Yes, actually, on my way out of pocket, it was yes. there. It was hilarious because it's funny because like, uh, yeah, we're walking and like my dad and my mom. It was family vacation because we haven't done one of those in forever. So we're walking and my dad's like, I want to go pawn stores. And I'm like, that's so and dumb. And you didn't buy me anything. And then no. Oh, there's oh, a weird thing. There's a I'm weird so thing there. Hold on. Now. No, no, hold on. Number one fan didn't buy me. nothing. Okay. Here's the thing. Cause my dad's like, I want to go pawn stars. And I'm like, of course you did. So I'm ripping on him, but secretly, you know, I kind of want to see it too. Just cause television. It's so tiny. Is it? It is incredible. Like if you were to like unfold your house, like a transformer. Yeah. Your house might have the same real estate as oh, this really? place. It's super tiny. Is it so? Is it bigger than like a gaming warehouse? No. no okay. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. So th- that's crazy. But were there like ca- like camera setups and things like in it? Like naturally, like is it built for like camera work or is it just natural store? No, it's just store. But it's just it's not. I always wondered that if they had like a track or something to put like a camera. It's not great. On. No, you can tell like they close down the store and do it because it's like it's oh, essentially okay. just a. It's a hey, here's a location that's popular. I guarantee you that's where they make all their money off of. But the funny thing is, like I was in there, and there was a uh, picture signed by uh, Stan Lee, and then like the next day, I found out like Stan Lee passed. So like. I was super curious. Like, I'm like, I wonder if I go back in there, how much that jumped over the price of one day. That's crazy. Which, sad, sad Stanley passing. Yeah. Of what I, he contributed. Yeah. As much as I love comic books, it's, it is sad, especially since we, we've both been around him over the course of his life. Now, in well, the last five years, I've been in the same place as him three times. Yep. And the thing is, we're, we're there for the upswing, too. Because, I mean, let's, let's admit it. Any good business comes with shady practices at the start. Let's just <laughs> yep. acknowledge that and get that out of the way. Um, but, no, I mean, Stanley and his prime, it's weird that the thing that his prime might have actually been in his late days, just because he had all that early stuff under his belt. And then with the MCU blowing up. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that kind of is the highlight of what Marvel had become. Well, it's, it's funny because it's like you go and you look at like the time span of it and it's like he, he was fighting so hard to get into other mediums to expand comic books out. Cause he yeah. was like ashamed of being like a comic book artist for the longest time. And then eventually when 
comics became cool and everyone was coming to him and you know you got disney being like hey what's up how you doing there yeah it was kind of a, a perfect blend for him and, and i i did hear that they're working on a statue of him that they'll probably put in disney world so there'll be well he'll be with walt disney well that's I mean, cool man i mean so if among anyone one of the best him, creators if anyone owes him a tribute it really is disney because oh, how marvel much really money? marvel really helps them get over that hump where remember that time period of the early 2000s where Disney could not make an animated movie. Oh, Meanwhile, Shrek was making millions of dollars. Yep. And they just had like this bolt, bolt, and they came out with all these like really weird animated movies that just Alpha and Omega, I think, was one of them. They kept coming pretty, out. Wasn't bad. that all DreamWorks and stuff? No, there were a few of them that were Disney animated movies. It was not. And, they, and it was that period where it was after Toy Story where Pixar was not bought by them. Oh, where and Pixar they, wasn't fully owned yet. Yeah, Disney was trying to... Disney was like, we don't need you, Pixar. And yeah, then they were trying out. to compete with Pixar and couldn't win. And then meanwhile, DreamWorks was still making like the B-class like movies. But they were still movies. coming in with like over the hedge and stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> so Disney was like, okay, we're going to buy Pixar and we're going to use their technology and we're going to finally make good movies ourselves. And then they came out tangled and they kind of got back on funny on though, because you think about it, what is it? Because wasn't it owned by Lucas, right? Pixar and then sold to Apple. No. And then I thought there was like a huge. No. What was the timeline on that? It was all created by Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs on Pixar. Yes. And he had that other company before Pixar, which I I thought he bought it from Lucas, though. I'm pretty Mm. sure he did. Lucas wasn't involved on that one. He might have been involved Mm. on DreamWorks, maybe, because DreamWorks is Steven Spielberg. No, DreamWorks is Spielberg. I'm pretty sure that Lucas owned his own separate, like, weird thing. Uh I guess it doesn't really matter. Dude, let's talk games. It's it's been a while. Did you play any games while you're in Vegas? Well, I did, and I was going to get into that because I was going to segue with my Lucas thing, but then you kind of crushed that when you're talking about it. Screw Lucas. He's dead to everyone now. No, he's not. He, He sold his soul. No. To the devil. No, well, the, it's funny because we gave him so much crap for the episode one stuff and two and three, and now yeah. I regret all the terrible things I said to him. You can't regret really. it all. I mean, Jar Jar Binks. Still most, okay, most of it. Most of it. <laughs> it's still some bad stuff. I don't know. Anywho. Wow. Back on track. Star Wars arcade game. Really? So when I'm in Vegas, uh, do you remember the Star Wars arcade game that they had? The fighting game? No, not the... No, well, you're thinking of <laughs> Masters of... Okay, you'll have to tell me then, because there's okay. been a lot of them. So there's been a couple of uh, awesome Star Wars arcade games, and uh, while while I was in Las Vegas, uh, we went to this place called Circus Circus, which is like more family-oriented. So like whole ground floor is all like gambling and like slot machines and of stuff course. like that. And then the second floor is like a video arcade for kids, and they do like a trapeze act, and there's like jugglers and stuff, and... Sounds pretty awesome. It's really dope. So naturally, you know, we went up to the top floor and I started going through and playing video games. So it's like they had a whole bunch of old stuff there. They had uh they had the original House of the Dead cabinet. They had they had a House of the Dead 4 cabinet. Did you nice. ever play do you even know House of the Dead 4 I, came I, out? I have heard of House of the Dead 4. I haven't Got to play that. That was nice. interesting. They have this whole like mechanic where like if a zombie grabs you, you actually, have to shake the gun. Actually, I've played at Dave and Buster's. Oh really? Yeah, Dave and okay. Buster's had it. But yeah, so it was like even though it was clearly like, you know, more aimed towards kids. They clearly had some like teen, you know, well, can't quite gamble it's Vegas. age games. You're going to have to have that. So like playing House of the Dead, they had a title bout, which was like that old boxing game where you put your hands in the, uh, oh, in the gloves, in the gloves, but really the gloves are just joysticks mounted, but they were shaped <laughs> weird. That was cool. Um, I got to play like a bunch of like Nintendo stuff. They had like F zero, but it was like a motion control racer. So like you'd sit in this thing and it's supposed to sway back and forth and do all these weird things and it was uh crazy but uh it was I don't know it was interesting because it's like the motion control broke down like even before it got started because it didn't calibrate properly and then I bugged out the game so now here's a question F zero owes me like a dollar's worth of quarters what was there pinball there was no pinball actually and that's and see that's the thing Dave and Buster's doesn't have pinball either that's and a weird lot of to these, think about these new generation uh, arcade places don't have pinball at all and I I also heard that the Tron arcade place in Disney World doesn't have any pinball either really yeah pinball is pretty much dead to the I think they're it's not revenue growing gaming no you, you don't get a lot of money out of pinball. Well, just, that's people are really good at it, man. And like you can actually be skill, skilled. Skill actually hinders the the revenue. You, you like whatever the difficulty curve on a pinball game is stays locked in at that per machine. You know yeah. what I mean? 
Meanwhile, you have the quarter munching ones where there's just bullet sponge zombies that just come up and t- touch your screen and end the game. Well, I think that's uh, that's all like the difficulty curve. Yeah. It's definitely a difficulty curve because a game you can be like level one, you can be like, oh, you punch a zombie and it goes down dead. And then by like level five, you're like, uh, why are these things taking five headshots before they go down? Yeah. So meanwhile, you're out in Vegas. I've actually been playing a lot of different games. It's It's been a lot of home time because of the holiday weekend. Oh, yeah. Just a lot of other stuff been going on. So I've been playing a lot of Injustice 2. Oh, how is that? Storyline mode from what I saw Story, was pretty good. I started a little bit of that. is fantastic. Just like the you first one. DLC for it? I do. I always wait for Injustice. I usually rent it when it comes out, but I always end up buying the complete editions like a year after they release. I just, I can't stand. Any oh boy, Ninja Turtles, baby. Yeah. Sub, Sub-Zero, Raiden. Yeah, that's weird. They had, what is it, Scorpion in the first one? Yeah. Did they have Sub-Zero in the first one too? They had Lobo in the first one. That was yeah. dope. Honestly, Injustice is incredible. It's, I mean, the Mortal Kombat engine is great, and the fact that you have DC characters, I just feel like it's a good blend of the two, and it, and it works really well. And characters like the Ninja Turtles are cheap as shit. I, I, <laughs> dude, it's terrible. I mean, you even proved it when we played it. You sat there and just kept walking backwards, pressing the A bu- the a, the ability button, and causing the Circle. different Ninja Turtles to kind of bounce out and hit you. So you were playing on PlayStation. Oh, we <laughs> played, uh, what was the other game that you had that we started playing too? Road Redemption? Yes, that was pretty good. So, I mean, okay, Road Redemption. It's a vehicle combat game that's... No, it's a vehicle rogue... It, it's Road Rash, but a roguelike. Yeah, so... It's I, Road Rash-like. It, it, it's road rash. Let's, rogue, let's just face it. It's rogue rash like, huh? The developers are like, okay, we can't get road rash, but we're gonna make a motorcycle game where we hit each other with odd weapons while racing. I or, just like the fact that you put stick them dynamite on vehicles and blow them up. That was cool. I I do like that they the the variation in gameplay does kind of separate itself away from what road rash was. I love road rash. I'll always love road rash. It's, it was a great game. Which one's your favorite? Actually, the 64 one. I think the 64 I, you, you, one You is convinced me. Too. I used to love the one for PlayStation 1, but the 64... Which one on PlayStation 1? It's... The regular one, the single-player one, or the Jailbreak? Jailbreak. Jailbreak yeah. was cool, because it but, had a little sidecar thing. Yeah, it was It was, It was. was pretty fun, but it just doesn't hold up against, like, four-player Road My Rash. My only beef with the four-player Road Rash on 64 is if everyone's holding the gas at the same time or something, it bugs out the game where it doesn't <laughs> work. Yeah, the expansion max still isn't enough power. No, no. Like, you, I think you need the... You, I'm, if you I, have to. Because we have remember we tried player. it and it wouldn't work. That's right. Because someone had a jumper out. pack and we just kept ripping on them. Like, what, you can't afford an expansion pack? I, I will say, it was kind of a ballsy decision, though, for the developer to say, hey... We'll have multiplayer on it. That's great. Well, if you play online, it just throws you on one server. You have oh, Road no, Redemption? Yeah, you'll have no idea who you're going to play with online. But if you play local, you can have four-player co-op on the campaign mode. Well... I mean, that's that's awesome. And there's just so few games that provide four-player co-op anymore. You're starting to see a lot more of... Um, I feel like a lot with like the indie, more indie developers... They are trying to create an experience where you can play with your friends, but then to play with your friends online is like a whole nother scenario. Like, I mean, Dead by Daylight added that like way after the fact, the kill your friends mode and all that oh, stuff. Yep. And I mean, that that's a that's a great game to play though, too. Let's face it. There's also a lot of cost association with, oh, there with is. playing online. So for them, it, it's also easier just to have a local co-op game. But I don't know. It just it feels like it's a great time for indie games to kind of separate themselves because they get all that local stuff that you just can't get anymore with AAA titles. And I think that that's sweet that a lot of people are like, hey, we can't necessarily afford to put games online, so we're going to just let you play with your buddy on the couch. And there's 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 a sense of camaraderie to that too, I feel. Like, I mean, I I know you and I have tackled a, a Let's lot face it, of... Army of Two was kind of our oh game my for goodness. 40th day. Dude, Army of Two was that, probably our our biggest game for probably a solid six yeah, months. That's definitely a uh, well, brom- what what did you say? I believe you've said oh, before yeah. that a bromance counts as a uh, couples co op. Well, we're gonna do a couple. Yeah, we're gonna do a couples co op episode. Okay, today today's gonna be that. Then today's <laughs> gonna be the couples co op episode. But bromances do count as couples co op. <laughs> bromances are just a version of a yes, a version of a couple. But yeah, dude, Army of Two. Yeah, we start with hands the best. down. <laughs> One of the best. We will agree, though, only applies to 40th Day. You know, I, I want to say on the books that all three Army of Two games are 
decent co-op games yes. as a whole. Like they're 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 very playable. But I would say 40th Day, what they did is they focused on the fun factor and not so much anything else. They're like, do we? It was the gameplay, not yeah, the story. It, yeah, and it really was because I, what 40th Day was a terrorist attacking a city. It was. It was. Uh, I think you mean like um, the fact, you know, like China or something. Exactly. The fact that we I've played that game a ton, and I don't really know anything about the story. I think but you're I like in Beijing on vacation, and then you're and then like contact, just breaks loose. Your contact gets uh, <laughs> the person that gets you your contracts is like I've been kidnapped, and you're like, time to go to work, and let's find our gear in the trash, put it on, and just go kill people. For oh, it's such a good game, though. <laughs> but the fact that. What makes a co-op game good is I, I feel like what Armia 2 really brought to the table. Like the fact, okay, there's downtime. What? How do we use the downtime of a co-op game to make Play, it fun? Paper, scissor, rock. Or just hit each other. Like they had a button where you, I could just punch okay. you in the arm. Yeah, but that was that was a camaraderie thing. That was either but, positive or negative reinforcement. But nevertheless. You different endings based on that we found out. Because <laughs> after punching each other in the face enough, we got, I think, the bad ending. Yeah, but and that's what made it fun. It was just the fact that, okay, we made paper, scissors, rock, well, going in an elevator, or we could just kind of hit each other, mess around with each other. And then you actually get to the gameplay and you're like, you're totally, you have to be a team where oh, you're, yeah. you're running around stealth while I'm just Rambo shooting or, you know, vice yep. versa, where you're, you got this oh, yeah, golden you, gun. Yeah, you pop up with your golden plated rocket launcher and you're like, hey, everybody, look at me. Meanwhile, I'm just like, I'm going to stealth sneak someone and slits and throats. <laughs> and so, I mean, that game just. And it was funny, we we had to play really, uh, we dedicated to the hard mode on that game, and it was so difficult. Dude, yeah, we beat that on the hardest it, difficulty. <laughs> yeah, we got to the very end, that stair, that stair oh, set the, the Yeah, end. it was like a triple stair set. Oh, that's <laughs> such a good showdown level, too. It was, there's like no like actual final boss of the game, but the whole idea of those, the Gatling gun guys on the top of the stairs were just so well, hard, they felt like the boss. It's fun, because like each enemy, too, was uniquely... Different because it's like the grenade ones, you had to shoot their pouches on their side and back. So there's like three points to take them down. The shotgun guys, it was like remove the helmet, then get headshots. They're still incredibly fast. The, the biggest dude you've ever seen. And then he's like running at you with a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just remember there'd always be like two on one corner of the screen. By the time you tell me the shotgun guy is coming, he's already oh, shooting also, me in the back. Also, any forced interactivity between the two of you is always good in games. Like how you could tag up on someone's shoulder. So, like, You'd pick up like a giant shield or something, and then I go slap a arm on your shoulder. And while you're walking through with a shield and a pistol, I got the machine gun, but like I'm pivoting around. So you're controlling yeah. where we're walking, where all I have to focus on is the bad guys. But like when you're going through a narrow corridor and you have no cover, you need that second person. Yeah, that was one of my favorite moments. The other one was really I, in all three games, the back, back to, to back, back. I knew you were going to bring that you, up, dude. You, I. I can't get over how much fun it is to do the back-to-back thing because on, on normal, you know, we could just do our own thing and just kind of shoot in the circle. But on hard mode, we'd be like, you sh- you point that way, I point this oh, way. Yeah. And we had to be like very coordinated. Top left, you're calling shots out and everything. <laughs> and oh. I mean, that's just what you had to do because that's the type of co-op game it yeah. was. It was a very strategically played co-op game where the, the design on each level made you think before you reacted. And that's what I think all good co-op games need. And... Let's face it. There's a lot of bad ones out there. There are. Um, l- let's talk about the good ones, though. Let's, uh, let's, oh, give, yeah. let's, let's keep give, this Because we were going to make this. Yeah, we're going to do a we're going to do a couple scope episode. Bust bust out the list. What's another one on there that we got then that we we're going to do? I feel like so the big uh, to me the best bromance one is obviously Army of Two, yeah. but the best couple with a significant other is Portal Two. Oh yes, Portal Two is essentially marriage counseling in a game. <laughs> How do you figure? Just because so, you can betray them, so, but you probably shouldn't. It, in most cases, once one person will be really good at video games, the other one's just entertaining their spouse by playing with them. I mean, that's that's what happens quite frequently, especially in my relationship. So you have the situation where the one person has to do all the complicated puzzle like tactics, and the other one's kind of listening and kind of just doing the basic stuff. That works great until you get to a point where both players have to be like perfectly in sync and the more you mess up the more tensions rise and oh it, it can really really go crazy see, after the, a while so the funny thing is is like i actually used portal as like a like training thing because like my significant other at the time she was like ah oh, you play games a lot blah blah and i'm like yeah you know 
she's like, oh, I'm kind of, I kind of want to know more about that. Portal is such a good introductory to teaching um, analogs, analog sticks. Yep. So you don't think about that. Like a lot of, a lot of people take that for granted. The fact that like left stick walks, right stick aims. Camera. Yep. And we, we never, it's funny because we evolved with that because it's like they couldn't figure out camera work in games for the longest time. And I remember like one of the first games that had that was like Aliens on PlayStation 1. I remember uh, Apexcape being a big one. Oh, that Apex was one of the Escape. first analog games. So yeah. it just the, that whole idea was fresh. I, I'm very familiar with that whole training someone because of kids. Oh, yeah, kids. So I've I had to find too. ways of kind of teaching that. But in Portal in particular, there's enough Portal, time. you teach them the basic fundamentals of how first-person shoot works, and it becomes less... It's less stressful because of the environment that you're in, the fact that there is no immediate danger other than when you make a mistake, you realize why you made a mistake. And there's no real consequence to death. That, no. I mean, that to me, that's always a bit, like when you're in uh, like a co-op game where there's t- there's time when something oh. times down. Well, that yeah, was why the first army of two was terrible was because yeah. we got up to mission four or five or something. And you have 15 seconds from when you start to defuse a bomb. Yep. There's no indicator. There's nothing. I think we shut that off. But it's just the idea. And then the third game was just garbage. Like Portal has a very welcoming atmosphere. It's got the humor. It's got a very basic aesthetic. It's just very well designed. The controls get more complicated with the complication of the puzzles. So it's just kind of an easy way for you and a significant other just to kind of play into it. And it's an enjoyable game. It's really a game for anybody. I, I, and the fact that it has a strong solo campaign and then it also has a completely separate co-op campaign is incredible. Plus the sound design on the game is amazing. The the visuals let you know. like It's very simple to go and look at a situation and go, okay, here's the problem. Here's my tools. And then figuring yeah. out how you solve it. And so Portal 2 will always be probably one of my favorite games of which all time. Which is great because that's a Valve game, which then means you can probably... You could probably lead someone into uh, some uh, love for that, yeah, because yeah. that was a fun co-op. That goes kind of more bro game. You know what? But... I just thought about. It. I have not tried that with my significant other. Really? I wonder how she would react when the horde comes. You know, when it gets like real crazy, and it, you know, of course, I would have to put her on the like that heavy rain level. Oh I'd, no! I'd have to put her on the craziest level first. No. Just oh, anytime you have someone that's completely like outside the realm of video games, and you bring them into something like that, you bring them into the worst possible scenario because it's the most extreme situation. No, that's a terrible idea. You got to ease them in, man. Oh no, I'm not gonna baby. I'm not gonna do the apartment level or anything like that. I'm gonna be like, hey, we're gonna be in this tall grass with a bunch of witches, and the rain's gonna be coming down. It's that's gonna be scary. Awful. No, there's I'm a reason it. why there's. I'm doing it this weekend, and I will report on the next episode how it goes. I'm totally going to try Left 4 Dead and see how Great. it goes. Great. We'll record from a bar when you're like, so I got served divorce papers today. <laughs> that's that's going to be great. And you know, I'm going to be the guy. She's going to be like surrounded by zombies. I'm going on without you. <laughs> the hunter's going to attack yeah, her. If you like, know, yeah, that's a friendship <laughs> ruiner right there. Great. But, <laughs> oh, man. I mean, so Left 4 Dead would be good. but Left 4 Dead, Left 4 Dead 2, uh, if you have the DLC, it has everything all to it then. But I mean, if you want to think something a little, a little more relaxed, kind of like the the portal way of interdi- bringing someone in that's not a video game player as well, I would go like for me, Rock Band. I think Rock Band, like in my particular case, I play with kids or wife. Kids or wife play on. They take they sing on the microphone, or they'll try doing drums or bass or guitar. So it's kind of nice that the Rock Band offers a variety of music along with a variety of instruments to play the game. And there's the beginner difficulty on Rock Band 3, which is pretty much the perfect one for kids because it's like one note every like minute. So they get that like they get to enjoy the music and feel like they're part of it, but they're not like getting a like a zero See, how score. Did the, how did the vocals work on that? Because I never really got into the Rock Band games. So, I could see that that's just a fun like group activity there. So I can't say for certain how the expert and hard mode work because it's more precise, but how it works on the lower difficulties is basically pitch. So if I do vocals, I'll hum the whole time. Oh, I, don't, really? I don't do any of the words. I just hum. What do you think you are, Beck? <laughs> and it works. It works just fine for me, especially because um, Rock Band 3 is necessarily the greatest rock band type game because it doesn't have a lot of rock music. Like you have Lady Gaga and Bruno Mars well, and stuff on it. You didn't do Beatles rock band? I didn't because I 
to this day know two Beatles songs. Really? I don't know. Beatles were before the me. More, the more you dive into that catalog, the more you realize like the music you know. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, and I'm sure it's true because even like the Nick and Nora, there's Nick there's a couple Be- there's a couple Beatles references in that. Yeah. So I don't know. So good to movie. me, Rock Band was always a good one, especially even with your like if you have a bunch of gamer friends. There's there's always gonna be that guy that played DDR, or there's gonna be the guy that played the Guitar Hero. There's always gonna be one of them. And uh, what was the Maraca game that Sega put out? Oh, I don't I remember. Never, but, it's like but there's Donkey some, Konga though. Oh yeah, Donkey yeah. Konga was good <laughs> so, too. There's always gonna be one of those. But I mean, we talked about indie titles. What about the one that you like, the Lovers and uh, Oh, Lovers in Dangerous Space Time. That so, is an awesome couples co-op. I don't really too. remember that one at all. So explain a little bit about so that one. The way that that one played was you were on a little spaceship and you only control what's happening inside the spaceship. And uh, so there's four guns, one on each side, uh, north, south, east, west. And then there's a little area for uh, shield. There's a super weapon and then your control thing. So what it is, you take a look. Uh, you take command of any of those things within the small ship okay. and you pilot the ship around a level and you try to rescue these cute little adorable space bunnies. And while you're flying the ship around, someone else can either run the guns or the shield. So it's like you're micromanaging what you need, but it's all, you're always in the center of the screen. So why is it a good co-op game then? Because you can't do it by yourself. Okay, so it, it's really, the, it's the, built for co-op It's then. built for co-op. And the okay. more people you have, so like if you had like a couple's date night where it's like you and your wife and then me and if I ever end up with a significant other <laughs> <laughs> were to come over, I mean, yeah, no, we could have a good time. We could crack open a bottle of wine and throw that down. And yeah, that, see, that reminds me a lot of Overcooked. And that's oh, that's yeah. another recent game. My wife likes cooking, so I was like, hey, it's a game. It's a co-op game. You like cooking. cooking here? Do it digitally. Yeah. Do you remember right. Cooking Mama? So, <laughs> nah. Yeah. But so Overcooked, that game you really can't play that one by yourself either because it would be really hard to do all the tasks and still even get a one star rating. So in Overcooked, it's a game where you control a kitchen, and they kind of the puzzle of the game. You run is like a restaurant, right? Yeah. And the puzzle of the game is kind of how the how the layout of the kitchen is built. Because you have to wash dishes, you have to prepare plates, you have to oh, you have, you have to serve a full restaurant yeah. experience. Yeah. So you have one person preparing and essentially keeping the dishes uh, plated. Meanwhile, the other person is running it to the designated areas, and it gets. But at the same time, you have essentially like a menu that's popping up of things that you have to prep. Oh, and there so are, people's orders are coming in, so you have to go and like prep the food, assemble the food. And bring the food, the food and then, deliver the food and then clean the dishes and keep that cycle going on a limited number of plates with a limited number of variables depending on the level. And they'll add to it by having level there's the one level where the level literally splits in half. So there's a there's a time gap where you are broken away from the other person. Oh, it's like so you kinda have to be prepared for everything. When, like, you like on a ship that's sinking or something? Um there was one it was a ship where at the table would slide back and forth. So if you weren't within the parameters of the table, you would be dis- you'd be pulled away from the table. Oh, so they, okay. they would add a lot a lot of like fun like ways. Did they to, just release a sequel to that? They too? did. I haven't gotten a chance to play it, but what's I've, the differences on it? The only difference I I know from just what I've heard, not because I haven't played it, is that they've tried to fix the scaling of how the rating system works. So in the first one, it was it got pretty impossible to get like your full three star rating on some of the levels if you didn't have more than two people. So what they did is they kind of scaled it so you could get, it was easier to have a full experience okay. without having to have a full four player. But the biggest difference is online multiplayer. You, you can play online. Oh. So was... you can actually play with other random okay, people. Okay, cool. In that, some ways, that's going to be disastrous. Without having communication, it would be complicated. But at the same time, I feel like you could probably figure it out because it's still a pretty simple task. Like you see one person doing one thing, you just don't do that and it'll kind of work itself out. So it, it'd be worth playing for sure. I, I would fully vouch for Overcooked as a great co-op game, especially because right. now with the second one being both local and online four-player co-op. It's funny because sound guy Brian, uh guy who edits all our stuff, yep. actually was like, oh, his wife was like, dude, you got to come over. We bought Overcooked. So Oh, really? I'm actually I, probably going to end up playing the, playing well, that with them like Since we share PlayStation accounts, you can just download the first one. I own it. Yeah. So, but uh, another great one, Lego. The oh, Lego, Lego games. is always I, a good 
co-op game. I mean, we always so sneak them simple. into our conversation somehow. Yeah. It seems they come up quite frequently, but they kind of their catch-all for a lot of different types of games. But in particular, I think they have mastered making co-op. I mean, kid-friendly co-op games. They have definitely gone on over the years to go and kind of figure out what what definitely they they have a model that just generally works. Yeah, it's I, not overly complicated, but there's enough there that keeps pulling you back in with like the collectibles and things like that. Uh, the way that the different characters work in different scenarios and situations. I feel like the the first few weren't really that great at being great co-op games. So, but it was around the time of the Pirates of the Caribbean one came out. I'm not saying that's the first one for sure, but it was around that time they came out with that camera that... Oh, yeah, the, the Toe Jam and Earl camera where it yeah. splits if you go too far away from each other. Yeah, because yeah, then it, you're not forced to being on but the... But then the camera would merge again screen. into a single screen. So it wasn't necessarily a split screen game. It was a merged and split camera system. That actually that was it, brilliant. It was, and without that, I just don't think the Lego games were the same. Because like I remember having Star Wars. Go back on and try GameCube. to play Star Wars. Yeah. yeah, and then all of a sudden, one person's too far off screen, and then you can't make a jump back. I don't think you could. I think it, it held the parameter thing. You you had to be a certain distance from one another. Yep. The old style of how oh the it old definitely 3D ones. limited you. And oh, which oh you know what was a good Star Wars co op game though? What Jedi Power Battles? Really. Oh, it was so much fun. I remember I played that once or twice with Henry, and I, I had a great time with it. And I think at it's that good, time... It's good, but was, it's hard, because yeah. like going back, those graphics, <laughs> terrible. It's so bad. Maybe they the, might not be that bad on Dreamcast, I, though. So that falls in with Fighting Force then, too, right? Oh, Fighting Force <laughs> is great. Well, dude, I mean, it was... You know, Fighting Force was kind of... The, the, the beat-em-ups as a, a whole genre of games... Is always good for co-op. Yeah, I mean, there's... For someone that doesn't know what they're doing, hey, play a video game where you have two buttons. You have your your light hit and your strong hit, and maybe your jump button. Yep. So I mean, it's it's easy to pick up and play. Like I got friends that don't even play video games that often, but like I'll throw something in, and I'll be like Turtles in Time, and I'll be like, dude, Classics. come come throw this down. Yeah, I mean, there's some good beat 'em ups. Uh, you you being a Sega guy, you got the uh, the Sonic's uh, Ultimate Collection. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the. the Genesis collections. Yeah, the and I, I have them on a couple different systems. I mean, the I'm pretty sure for the last 20 years they've had all had like the same games. Like I, dude, Streets of Rage 2 is always on there. That's that is a go to standard for like that's a gold standard for beat 'em ups. Yep. Uh, Golden Axe. Golden Axe. Altered Beast. Um, I I can't qualify Altered Beast because if you're not hardcore gaming, that is way way too much. But Altered Beast is cool enough because it intrigues you to be like, ah, oh, dude, what's the, what beast animal do I get to turn into on this level? And then you know, the next time you play, like with someone that you were playing with, you're like, what level did we get to? And they could be like, uh, the dragon level. And you're like, oh, well that's level two. Here's a deep cut for Sega. Alien Storm. I really like Alien really? Storm. Really? Alien Storm is a great, it's not fun by yourself because it's too hard. But co-op, I like it a lot because you have those beat-em-up style levels where you're going across the screen. That's all that game but, is, is beating you know, up. Then there are areas where you go in and it becomes first person and you're using using your zappers to zap, like, you're in like a grocery store shooting like aliens that come out from behind like shelving units and stuff. And Zombies I Ate My Neighbors. I've never played it. Another great game. Or uh, why, why is that a good co-op game though? Because it's just more fun co-op. Because what, what do you do in it? I've, I honestly, I've never played it. I've, okay. I've heard the name a million so times. So Zombies Eat Zomb- Zombies Ate My Neighbors is along the same lines of, do you remember uh, Smash TV? Yeah. It's like that. But instead of moving from screen to screen and defeating all the enemies, which, you know, Smash TV is a good co-op game too. Then moving <laughs> from screen to screen and uh, destroying enemies, it was a mission based. So you would go and you would collect survivors. So once you've collected all the people in the area, you had to find the exit. But it was that same top-down style game. So, and that's just a lot more fun with a second person because you got someone watching your back, and it's fun and exciting. And yeah, the older games are. I feel like there's a lot more variety. There's a lot more split-screen co-op games, but a lot of them kind of fell in the sim- similar style. Oh yeah, a lot of them were the same. Like, okay, here's a template. How do we do it with a different aesthetic or something like that? But I mean, that was cool. Like I said, you know, turtles and. Turtles in Time and freaking uh, the uh, Streets of Rage 2. Yeah, the- same style game. 
awesome. And to add two more to that that we've mentioned before, you have Castle Crashers. Oh, right? Castle Crashers, and then definitely. Scott Pilgrim. Oh, both of those games. Very Once again, similar gold style. standard. Yep, gold standards then, on those. I mean, we ones. really shouldn't leave out the Nintendo. I mean, they they've over the years. Nintendo they've, they've, has always tried to support couch co op. And there's a few good ones I can think of off the top of my head. Like the new Super Mario Brothers in particular. Yeah, but you can love or hate with that one too, man. Well, that I one... loved it until I went to my friend Ned's house and my game just magically erased after putting tons of time to 100% the game. Well, I'm talking about when you go, was it the... Uh... The, the coin? Yes, the, the coin, coin battle where yeah. you just start throwing each other into lava. Oh, yeah. And on the <laughs> elevator level. What was that? That wrecked our friendship. For oh, like, it was like the the it was like a roller coaster level through a lava. Yes. And you just constantly. And if you pick someone up, you could throw them in. So it's like, yeah, you collectively work together. And then when you know the last like 10 coins of the level are coming up, you're like, man, I'm just going to murder you. No, we we tried to murder each other. And last man standing pretty much got all the coins. Well, it went that <laughs> it went that way near the end, and then as the game went on and we played other levels, it was every chance we had a ability to murder someone, we did. Yeah, we we turned that very much against what I think it was supposed to be. It's like, oh, coin battle, go for the coins. We're like, no, we're going for blood, and yes. then whoever wins gets all the coins. It got bad. <laughs> It got real bad real but, I mean, quick. What about Kirby? I mean, Kirby Epic Yarn had co-op, which was perfectly Ooh, fine. You know what? The uh, the Kirby game on Super Nintendo actually really? also was co-op. Yes, because you would go and you'd get a helper in that game, but oh. the helper would count as player two if you're playing two players. So do you, do you think Galaxy then would fall in that category? Because you know they had that where the person could like paralyze the enemies or like grab. Um, it, I, it was like an assist co-op i i wouldn't say so i would say that's more of like a passive watcher kind passive of game watcher. That, yeah, yeah. I, I i could see that. that's almost something that they'll be doing on twitch eventually like I, um, they'll find a way to integrate like people playing with people watching give digital controls that way yeah um well what was it the uh because had something like that too where oh, really? one person could control the uh powers while the other person did the uh third person shooting and i can't I don't know. Nintendo does it, and I don't. I don't really know why they would choose to do something like that. But there's been a few games that they 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 still do that. The Wii U had a ton of games like that. I I don't understand why. What about Zombie U? Zombie U is versus both. That I mean, was versus. That was four fun versus one is though. still kind of co-op though. If you you're can, in, if you're the four, it wasn't. No, that game did not support four players. What about the Mastermind mode? That only supported two players. Oh, was it only two players? That was oh. two. No, Man, fun was, story. It, I half own a. Wii U Pro Controller because of this. Um, <laughs> no, so me and a uh, friend of the show, Ned, went to go and uh, buy a controller because we we're going to have Canada over, our voice guy. And we we're like, oh, dude, let's play let's play Zombie U Mastermind mode. This is going to be awesome. Let's go get another controller. We go get controllers for it. Only supports two people. <laughs> it was terrible. That's the most Nintendo thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it was so bad because like the one mature game did not support, you know, a family of friends playing. <laughs> Just speaking of our friends, there are two, um, probably I would say from the last generation, two of the biggest co-op games. You have your Gears of War, which oh, yeah. Gears of War between Horde mode. Well, 360 having four player support and then the original Xbox having four ports and everything. It, Back when stuff had ports. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff that was intentionally supported. I don't know. I just feel like amongst our friends, though, Gears of War Gears definitely of War stood out. Gears of War was and a then, hardcore one because we all bought Xbox Live in for our 360s in 2018. Uh, oh, yeah, just to play for one just night. Just to play for one <laughs> night for a birthday party. But, you know, it's just one of those things. Gears of War is such a good co-op game. By having a campaign mode, a horde mode, a versus mode, a, a beast mode, I mean, they just had so many, uh, such a variety of gameplay for you and your friend to play it. And then with it being the third one, they had kind of fixed out. They've kind of fixed all the like the bugs of the game. They just made this perfect mode. And we can go back to it even today and just play it and love it. And then the other one is Resident Evil 5. Oh, yeah. A lot of people got a lot of co-op on that Resident Evil 5. Although Resident Evil 5, I still stand as probably one of the worst stories they've ever had. <laughs> an unexcusable Chris, an unexcusable place in, on the earth with some random person doing co-op. Shiva. Show. Oh. <laughs> Shiva. Shiva. Chris. Chris. <laughs> and it's, you know. But the co-op the co is definitely what made that game fun. 
but that game should have been the red flag to all of the fans of Resident Evil. They're like, hey, this now is the a series sinking was ship. going down. Yeah, well, but what was the- co-op hit it very well because six co-op, though six was just six, six was sunk. co-op, but it wasn't enough. Was it co-op? Oh, it was because I played. We we were like, okay, we're gonna force feed. We're gonna get through this, and I couldn't do it. I just it was it felt like a chore playing that game. It was so bad that it just it couldn't possibly have gotten any worse. I just I I couldn't. I couldn't do that, man. Yeah, and it's just you see Resident Evil Four and how great it was. Like, there's like, man, what? No, the only thing that could make Resident Evil Four a better game, let's add a, another player to it, right? It's weird though, because like a lot of those games that you think are good single player games, and then they tack on a multiplayer element, and you're just like, you know, this this ain't too bad. Like, uh, what was the what was the like weird creature breeding simulator thing that you played on 360. Oh, uh, Viva Piñata? Yeah, Viva Piñata. <laughs> yeah, that that seems like a game that like it's like who wants to play this with another person, but that had a co-op mode well, to it. If you think simulation games, is the sim have the Sims games ever been co-op? Are barely? Those barely. Like that's so, the thing. It's one of those things where it's it seems more orientated towards one player, but they let you play with multiplayer. So like Viva Pinata, it's a simulator game because you're you're simulating a farm, trying to attract different creatures to your farm to kind trying, of collect. Trying to make pinatas mate. And then make them explode in the candy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but so with Viva Pinata, what kind of made that cool as a multiplayer game is because there are with it being a, a garden. You could both be trying to collectively get certain animals, but you could be doing it a different way. Like, I could be maintaining one part of the garden. You would, like, increase your odds. Yeah, and you could be doing another part of the garden, going for two completely different creatures, but we could both be doing that without causing any impact to the game. So I think it worked out really well. And I'm not... Well, Stardew Valley, actually. It's kind of the same way. So in Stardew Valley, Stardew Valley they, I think PC now has it and they're going to be giving it to council eventually. And so with that, you have two people that you share money, but everything else, it's like, okay, I can actually go mine the whole day while you're doing the gardening stuff. Share the load, man. And it, and it would work really well. And I, I feel like that would greatly change the game because your progress would be just going through the roof because you're getting twice as much done every day. So essentially the game, would you would go through it twice as fast. Nice. No, there's so, there's a lot of a lot of real good stuff out there. But um, I, I don't know, like what makes it a good game for a couple. I, I I honestly feel like the slower paced ones that like we mentioned with Portal, the ones that are low stress games, I feel like always end up being the best well, couple games. I like ones that are low stress and then that you can kind of the difficulty you can kind of adjust for. Like um, oh uh, platformer uh creation. What was uh what was it? Sorry. I don't know what you mean. Um, oh, Little Big Planet. Yes, Little Big Planet. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, speaking modern generation games, because that was a, that was a fun platformer that had difficulty that ramped up, but then like you got so much more because once you're once you and another person got real good at it, you go and have access to all these extra levels and all these extra gameplay modes and stuff. And I felt like Little Big Planet was especially good at it once they hit the third game. Are are you seriously coughing? This is a podcast. Okay. You're not allowed to cough. We're supposed to go like a solid hour. No cough. You're not going to hear that. I was going to gate that off in editing, but now you've ruined it. It's funny to bring way. me into it. Well, is I have it? to because it's so unprofessional of you. Come on, I thought you were professional. I'm pro. You're not yeah, you're, pro. You're professionally coughing into your. Well, microphone. you couldn't. Well, you couldn't do this like three weeks off. No, because you were in Vegas. We could have telecommunicated. <laughs> oh, you wanted to sound like crap? No, sure. that would have turned out terrible. <laughs> I already sound like crap because I'm coughing. Well, you probably got some Ebola virus in Nevada. Probably. I ate all that romaine lettuce or whatever. And the building you stayed at, did you go down to the basement where they probably had all the weed and the hookers? No. <laughs> it's legal. <laughs> it's Yeah. Congratulations, Michigan, where we broadcast. Weed is now legal. Congratulations, Did, did that happen David. while you were gone? <laughs> uh, no, I voted right before I left. Oh, of course you did. Well, <laughs> hey, look, man. If I'm going to tolerate these newer games and be like, hey, man, this game not so bad. And if you're going to be like, hey, man, older games are okay, we're going to have to hit some middle ground here. And I think weed is going to be our middle ground. Never. Oh, well. Forever. Let's get off the politics here. All right. Off the politics and back to the games. So, So, I don't know. Like Another one that I can think of that I've liked more recently, especially with kids, Rocket League. Rocket League is real good, too, man. Rocket League 
you know, it's obviously you can be a versus mode on it, but generally it's, it's more it's fun three, with a co-op. It, since it's three versus three, it's kind of fun if you can get two other people to play with. And especially like the basketball one where I feel like there's actually that little ounce of co-op that has to exist. Like one person shoots it up. It's a lot harder to, to do the whole thing by yourself. But if you can pop it up and I, I can that hockey down, is garbage on there. I you still know, can't get behind the hockey mode on there, man. It, no, do you think it's because the puck is flat? No, it's because the puck is not. It, it's too floaty. Too floaty? If, okay. if it's floaty like the ball, had the puck have a little bit more of a like weight. a weight variant to it and the ability to like naturally try to like a higher percentage to tip to go flat, then I think it would be a little bit better. Okay, I can see that. Rocket League overall, though, I I can't help but love how Rocket League plays. Like it, it's such a like my. Also, you know how the basketball has a little hoop thing. How you yeah, can't shoot that, it like underneath. Yeah. If they did that, so that way the puck can fly up like a hundred oh, feet. So in the you air. want a ceiling? I want a small ceiling for like at least halfway on the thing, where that way it's gonna hit the ground, man. Because <laughs> holy cow, that thing gets yeah. ridiculous. Although that's not great though, like I've played it several times where I've had with two friends, and it, it is really funny how you, you can get the guys that it's like I had it one where one guy just destroys cars. He's like just going around just that's all that I do. Cars. That's my and then, job. And you have like the one like really aggressive player, and then when I usually play, I actually like being goalie. Goalie's I, not a bad position. When, player, when I played the like the pro one, I think I'm all pro on mine now. I I got really good at Rocket League. I still need to pick that up. And uh, what I ended up doing is. Every time I'd play, I'd immediately just back up and I'd be goalie the whole game, and I'd be the the monster truck, like the, the slightly bigger one, get the slightly so hitbox, bigger hitbox. And man, it was I loved being goalie for the game. It, it really worked out. And then if you'd have that thing where the two people would want to be goalie, obviously I'd just roll out and just go all out again. But overall, it was just cool that, especially local, like we could just we could sit down and just go at the game and. It doesn't really. Do you think it? It wasn't really meant to be like couch co-op initially, though, because when you play it, it's it's almost hard to figure out how to get it started. I think you had to have Xbox or PlayStation Live or Xbox Live. PlayStation Live, Xbox. (laughs) I'm sorry, you just you crossbreed stuff so badly on this show. Um, Sometimes I think it's just because I play like I've played so much Xbox 360 online, and then PlayStation 4, I I play a lot online. But I never played a lot of PlayStation Three online. And nobody played Nintendo online ever. You can pay twenty bucks for the year if you want. That seems like an interesting program. I'm waiting to see how that plays out and everything. Well, a lot of I'm, people have it until Smash comes out. I don't think there's a good enough reason to I'm, have it. Uh, oh, you know what was a good car co-op game as well? What's that? Uh, the original Twisted Metals. You think so? Yeah, like uh, Twisted Metal Two and Three had co-op campaign. Really? And that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that. I don't remember those having uh, campaign modes for co-op. Yep. Yeah, that had co-op campaign and everything. Not Vigilante 8? Vigilante. <laughs> or Star Wars Demolition. You remember oh, that? Oh, I Built forgot about that. I forgot engine. that one. <laughs> yeah, that was... I don't know if those had co-op campaigns. I think Vigilante 8 did, but man, that was not... That's when you know like your genre is starting to peak is when you start seeing like... What was the other one? It was like that vacant... The one with the fat guy on the vacation oh, shirt. Oh, uh, Rogue Trip. Rogue Trip. When you start getting games like Rogue Trip that come out, it's like very much not as good as Twisted Metal. But well, I'm pretty sure that was like from the makers of Vigilante Eight. Like it was like the dude that made Vigilante Eight was like, "Screw you guys! I'm gonna go make my own car combat game." <laughs> Just bailed. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know. Overall, like I, co-op games, I love playing them, especially because, like you mentioned, the camaraderie and when you're when you're together, like yeah, you know. You, do you have any Do you have any uh, RPGs that you would like to throw on the co-op list? Then, oh, since I you're kind of forgot about this, I'm surprised you didn't bring any on that list. There, <sighs> to be honest, the Tales of Destiny Two is, I think, one of the only ones I've actually played. Right, I want to throw out Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Then, uh, I know, mean, that requires a bunch of we plug and talk about any bad ones, and that one, I didn't how's that up. bad? No, if you want to throw one in, just I'll say Zelda Four Swords. I think yes. Zelda Four Swords is a great. It's not necessarily an I RPG. Thought it's not an I RPG. thought I'd let you do your thing with your RPG thing. RPGs. To be fair, I don't think the only RPG that I can say that was made the game better was Borderlands. And I'll fight you that it's an RPG. That's no totally Borderlands. An RPG. Borderlands is an RPG. I'll not. give you that. It, it drives me crazy. It's an FPS RPG. I'll give you yeah. that. And that game. Everything about the game is better by having another person to play with. But most RPG games are not built 
to have a co-op player. And if they are like Crystal Chronicles, if you play the game by yourself, you can't revive. Oh, you, you just die. How about this? Lost World Jurassic Park for Sega Genesis. <laughs> uh. I stand by that. That that is a fun co-op game. Well, that, I've that, I've actually only seen you play it co-op. I've never actually seen you play it by yourself. So. If you see me play it by myself, then it's me playing the one on Super Nintendo because it's essentially the same thing, <laughs> but there's no co-op on that. <laughs> but dude, lots lots of good games that you can actually sit down on a couch next to somebody and like enjoy like it's there there is a different there is a different element to sitting on the couch playing co-op with someone opposed to playing with them over the internet or something you know? yeah and i don't i don't know it just it does and i think also that's, making sure you're on the same team and that, i think that that does play a little bit into camaraderie like, i will say because one co-op game i have played in the last couple of days so i bought jeopardy for playstation 4 oh no oh yes and so you know Jeopardy's fine because you just kind of tap in to, to go but when one person taps in, you can see the all the options. So if they get it wrong, you already know what three options there are. So you know it takes that one actually takes away by having local that's not, co-op. That's not co-op though. That's versus. Ah, uh, yeah. See, you're you're, uh, you're confused. Okay. Sitting on the couch. No, no, there's a mode on it where her and I play it together, and it's like a, a daily challenge where it gives you like ten questions. That you can do within a day, and we okay. play, we play that one together. So you make that okay. So, so yeah, well, I turn that's, I, that's I turn that into turn based games. You can kind of do. And then you you do like the the couples Jeopardy that they do it, essentially is yeah, like that's the what, once a year special where it's like oh here's here's Susie and Sam and they've been together for fourteen <laughs> years of marriage. It's like this the new Wheel of Fortune. Because <laughs> they do that with Wheel of Fortune too. Yeah, was that a Pat Sajak impression? No, I. Okay, I didn't know if you thought that there was a Pat Sajak impression. <laughs> this is my Pat Sajak impression. For some reason, Pat Sajak has a lisp. No, that's Big Al. <laughs> Dude. Oh, <laughs> man. But no, and the only other thing that I can kind of think of, like, it's it's actually too sad. It's kind of, it, no, it is sad that Telltale is gone. As much as we kind of hated on them towards their end, but they were kind of getting on something that was kind of new. And it was the idea that people played like their games together, making choices together. Where the Telltale had, game was co-op. People were making it co-op, like they oh. they were they were making it like a party situation where their people were passing the controller, okay, or kind of sitting together making this decisions together as a group. And I remember their CEO on an interview was saying that one thing that they were looking into was having it. So say you have four people. Everyone pick, makes a choice, and, and then, then it with the, doesn't. The, whatever choice was uh, the most picked would end up being the one that it went with. So Interesting. It, was, it was story by committee was what it was. Oh, that's kind of cool. And she talked about it a lot, but I don't know if it ever went anywhere. They did try it with Planet of the Apes. They made a Telltale style Planet of the Apes game where they had this like this. When did that come out? You had to have, you had to download an app to play it. Oh, and it was through Sony. Well, PlayStation's doing a lot of stuff with that PlayLink. That's what it was. It was PlayLink. Ah, so PlayLink was attached to this this Ape scam, and you would all make your choices, and then whatever choice was picked is kind of how the game played. And it, it was an interesting concept, but it clearly didn't sell very What's well. What's nice about that PlayLink thing too is that I'm starting to see a lot more board games and stuff start coming to consoles. So yep. like, you can. You can play secret co-op then too, where you're like making suggestions and quietly talking to someone. Cause that's always fun when you're playing like Monopoly and you're like, if you buy this and sell this to me, then. Yeah. Then, and yeah. you know, honestly, if, if for the future of couch co-op goes anywhere, something like PlayLink, they haven't figured it out yet, but they'll find a way that they need. It's like, they need to add another layer of game to it. It's not just do this together. It's like, do this and then you kind of have the secondary objective or idea that you can kind of portray into the game that way it kind of adds that variable to the game instead of one solid idea it's one idea that can change rapidly based on every game you play just to kind of keep it different because what's the point of like if you always played with the same person portal 2 it would the co-op would probably get boring because if you were both amazing at the game you can just kind of fly through it, but by playing with different people, you get that variable of how they play. I think that that's where hopefully stuff starts coming more into play like it used to. Like, you remember where you get together with Halo Party or something, or yep. like we do the Left 4 Dead 2 parties. Left 4 Dead 2 and Gears. Where you get four people together, and it's like, 
yo, I'm going to do this objective, you do this objective. So you're still working as a team all in the same area or on the same couches or the same screen or something, but then you're playing a bunch of like four other people in another room elsewhere and you're thrown down with them, you know? Like that was always, that was always kind of cool because it's like, you didn't necessarily need headsets then either. We'd play without headsets. We'd yep. play there because we could just yell while at each we each other. had our own screen, we'd yell stuff out. But then when you're yelling stuff out, I don't know. Communication in a room is just better. And when you have four of a team in a room together, communicating and trying to fight four other people that are like maybe possibly split up, yep. you always had the better chance because you were all in the same room. I think also the reaction that like we could always have like friend of the show Kyle you know what I mean? oh yeah <laughs> so especially if one of the people on your team starts to have the meltdown and everyone else gets to see the meltdown oh, and yeah. it, it is fantastic no matter who it is and it's always something like for, I will personally say that Grand Theft Auto it's a button on me that I can I don't rage quit the game yes you but do. I, I get to you've the rage quit online it, for Grand Theft Auto online it, it, it that's a terrible thing mind. well it sucks because then you leave and then I can't do anything I can't be like I can't grab you by the shoulder and be like Dude, we're gonna do this together as a team. It's just you're like, I'm off, system shut down, can't call you, you won't answer your phone. We're like, if you're in the same room, it's harder to rage quit in person than it is and online. Honestly, I know we weren't gonna talk about bad games, but man, if there was any one game that ever makes me not like playing with other people, it's Grand Theft Auto Five. Well, <laughs> guess what? It's not coordinated. I'm okay killing each other and just playing around. But when it comes to actually trying to do something together, to do a mission. that game could not make me more frustrated. Well, you know what? It's probably all that dang fangled technology. Maybe we'll just have to bust you down with some uh, Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, we'll see too. how Red, Red Dead comes out. We're just going to do quick draw fights all the time. I'm going to go up to you. I'm going to press whatever button on you, and then we're just going to go. Have you not picked that up yet? I thought you would have picked that up to play that already. Dude, I'm not going to play it. I, no? I decided that I'm, I will not play Red Dead on the pure fact of how much... GTA 5 has hurt my feelings. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I can't get over it. I just, I liked what Grand Theft Auto 5 was when it came out and it had me excited and I played a lot of the story. I liked the story of it. Story mode is cool. But I think the online had tainted me where I'm like, I just cannot be happy online playing Online gets Rockstar me salty. Anymore. I'm not going to lie. I get <laughs> real salty because I'm like, okay, where did I spawn in this world? And all of a sudden there's an F-14 that just like bombed the shit out of me and I'm like, well, this sucked. Or we'll be in the middle of doing something important, like, hey, we're all meeting at this house to get this done, and then you just get killed out of nowhere over yeah. and over again. And also, like, when you would respawn, you respawn right next to the person, you get killed again. It's like, okay. Like, there, well, they, they had. Well, that, once again, though, that was us trying to play co op in an online environment. <laughs> I feel like that, that has not been ironed out yet. Like, once you kind of figure out, there's, there's a lot of potential with how coach couch co-op is getting revived yep. that I think is going to start influencing online co-op. And I think that that's going to create a lot better environment for people. Yeah. And I agree. I, I see like they're adding like little modes, like uh, the new fallout game had a thing where you basically can't get hurt by random people unless you kind of trigger it to make it okay. We're going to do this. Yep. Borderlands was the same way where they had a, where you could, you would shoot someone. It wouldn't do any damage unless the person like toggled to go into basically a versus mode, a, a dual mode. Yeah. So I feel like they're they're playing around with it and they just haven't well, found the best way to Grand do Theft it. Grand Theft tried to do that and there was like the mm -hmm. passive mode and then there was the like one-on-one -on -one mode and it's just... Too many things that never worked. It's agreed. Agreed. So. But things are progressively getting better and I can't wait to kind of see... I, I want to see a bigger reinsurgence in couch co-op because I want it where it's me and... You know, my buddies sitting on couch, thrown down together against a group of four other idiots somewhere halfway across the world. It's, it's just a good time, man. Always. Dude, I think that's that's the show, man. I, I, I'm glad we finally got back to this and we can kind of get back on the roll. And we need to hear more from everyone listening to us. It's It's been a while. We are closing out at the end of the year, too. Like, the, the show is, like, we're killing out this season here and then uh, we're figuring out the steps to go next. So and if you want more, we need to hear from you because we don't know where the show's going. Yeah, we got a whole bunch of different plans we can do. Like we have the ability to do videos. We got the ability to rig up some streaming stuff. Uh, do you want more podcast episodes, man? Do you want only podcast episodes for specific special events like E3? I mean, heck, Sony's not even doing 
E3 this year, are they? No, and again, that's just another topic that we could be covering, but we really want to know from you guys. What did you want to hear from us? Yeah, so just reach out to us and uh, let us know. Until the meantime, hope you enjoyed the show, man. Thank you for listening to the Couch Trolls Podcast. If you like this episode, you can find more on Facebook by searching Couch Trolls or on Twitter at Couch underscore Trolls. I'm your announcer, Canada Sanchez, with Brian doing the sound. Thanks for listening.